We took a break from our series last week, The Bride of Christ, but we're returning back to that. Um, this will be uh, the last installment of this series. To this morning, we're going to find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll be reading out of the ESV, reading verses 12 to 20. So again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 20. I'm reading from the ESV, and the title of this morning's message is Body Parts. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? It reads this way, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Father, we thank you for the body. We thank you for this analogy because it's something that we can all understand, all of us possessing a body and recognizing how that body functions. Would you bring clarity of this morning through this analogy of what that means for us in your local body, in the universal body of Christ, Lord, you being the head, Lord. We need daily sustenance. We need to feed on your words of life, Lord. So would you take away any distractions, Lord? Would you settle our hearts, Lord? Even sometimes when we hear things that we have to process, it, 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 it takes away our focus. Can we spend this time with you, God? So, so would you help us in that, Lord? And would you allow this message uh, to speak to us in our own individual lives and where we are in this process and also in understanding how every part of the body, you have placed those pieces there, Lord. And it is you who does the work, you who sustains it, and you who uses it for your glory. Put that deep in our hearts this morning as we are ministered to through your living and powerful word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So as I was thinking about uh, parts of the body and 
uh, what analogy was being used here, I thought of the novel by Mary um, Shelley, which was written in 1818 called Frankenstein. So, so we all are, or most of us are familiar with uh, Frankenstein, if not the book, uh, definitely with uh, many of the movies and the cartoon figures. And, and basically what you had was, was this doctor who stitched together all of these body parts and then he, uh, he brought it to life uh, with electric shock. Uh, he, he, he got those body parts in, in a gruesome way. He had uh, grave robbers go and, and get him these parts. And actually, that is something that was used early on in medicine because they didn't have enough um, bodies to, and corpses to do uh, experiments. So, so they would do things like that. So, so they would rob these freshly um, set graves and, and bring the parts to him. And when he completed his experiment and to animate this monster use electricity, uh, he was not happy with the result. He was not happy with the result and he pretty much rejected um, the monster. And uh, when I think about God bringing all of these body parts together uh, and making it uh, an organism that is alive and that he uses uh, in, in, in a way where it's unity um, and, it, and it works uh, within uh, what he has designed and called it to do, like us. Um, those that apart from that body, apart from him, uh, where do we stand? What can we do? What does church mean to us? And, and the text starts out speaking about um, just as the body is one. And he's speaking of us being many, but it being one unit. And in it functioning as a whole. Although there's many members, it's one. Just as Christ is one with the Father and the Spirit. And it says there that we were all baptized into one body, uh, whether Jew or Greek, Greek meaning Gentiles, anyone that is a non-Jew, whether slave or free. So what he's speaking about here and being baptized into one spirit is us being spiritually transformed. That God has done a work in us that we are changed, that we are made new with a new purpose, and, and it all changes. And it really doesn't matter who we were before, whether we were Jew or Gentile, whether we were slave or free. Your condition in that aspect, your human condition, may not change. But everything else has changed. And, and even in speaking in this way where obviously in that time the Jewish people viewed themselves higher than the Gentiles. A, a master would view himself higher than a slave. Uh, but in the body of Christ, 
we are all leveled at the foot of the cross. God is not a respecter of persons. And even what you are called to do does not give you a hierarchy in his way of putting the body together. But at the same time, we're distinct. We're, we're distinct in, in our roles, but because each one is filled with the Holy Spirit and we are empowered by God, by his spirit to perform his will, uh, that puts us all at the same place. The text goes on to say that for the body does not consist of one member, but many. One of the things that we know is that bodies are intricate. There are all kinds of parts. We have things going on inside of us that are absolutely essential, but hopefully you'll never see. Like, like if, you, if it was exposed, it would be a problem. There's all kinds of limbs. There's all kinds of organs. And they are all part of what makes the whole function and operate. And, and if you think um, that your pretty face got you someplace, and, and that may be true, but if you didn't have a liver or your kidneys, you'd be in trouble. Right, right. Those other parts that you can't see are very, very important. And it is never for any of us to take on the attitude because I play a behind the scenes role is not important. Because it is all not only important, but essential and is all designed by God and how each one of us fits. And not only that, uh, so often uh, people want to, to lead before they even become a good follower. Or, or people are, are not willing to take a lesser position and do whatever it takes for something to function because I got to be that person. That, that, is not of, that is not of God. And actually, uh, this is, addresses some of that. It says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That doesn't make it any less of part of the body. So, so here, we're talking about two things. One, we're talking about function, right? If a foot is a foot, it is to function as a foot. The other thing that it is speaking here of is attitude. Right. Um, so one of the most important things with whatever we do is what attitude are we coming in with it? I've worked with a lot of people. I'd rather a less skilled person with the right attitude than a highly skilled person that's going to work against me. It happens all the time. It's attitude first. So for something to function, attitude is extremely important. But not only that, you can operate in something and operate in, in it well. If it's for the kingdom and your attitude, your motives, why you're doing what you're doing is wrong, first off, there's going to be no power in it. Second, you will not get the reward for it. God sees and knows all of that thing. You, you might fool me or someone else for a while. You can't fool God. 
So attitude in all of this is very, very important, and it matters. It goes on to say, and if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it less a part of the body. And then it starts getting into, if the whole body were an eye. There's a bunch of ifs here. If the foot should say, if the ear should say, if the whole body were an eye. We are not called to function in the same way. If we all functioned in the same way, there would be dysfunction. There's no way that anything like that could work, right? So uh, even with this whole attitude, if I started to think, well, because I can't sing, I'm not going to do anything. I've asked to be part of the worship team. They keep setting these hurdles that I can't meet, so just forget it. But if the whole body were an eye, each one is designed to function in its own way. And not only that, often the eye will think they're in the position to tell the ear how to hear. Catch that. You'd be surprised how many people tell someone else how they should be doing what they do. If we all focus on doing what we're called to do. Now, I'm not saying that there is no room for critique and that there aren't layers and layers of things to make sure that things are functioning properly. But if you're an ear, concentrate on hearing. The text goes on to say, if the whole body uh, were an eye, where would the sense of hearing B, if the whole body were an ear, what would be the sense of smell? This all comes back to, hey, we need to work in community with one another. We are the body. If you are an eye, can you independently say to the body, I refuse to see. I, I'm just not going to do it. I refuse to see. Go walk around. Go bump into stuff. Hurt your other body parts along the way. I don't care if you fall off a cliff. But, but some take that attitude. But this is what the text says. But as it is, God arranged but as it is, God arranged. He put each person in place with the best balance that he causes it to function. God is sovereign over all things. You're in this church in part because you've chosen to be here. He, he, he led you here. He, he, he placed you here. He put the gifts that you have in you. And when he gives you 
freedom to leave or to come to the place, it's still ultimately God. Yes, we have free will, but God is always leading and guiding. And even when we so-called make all of these decisions, he's very detailed. He's a part of it. He's at work. He's opening your eyes to certain things. He knows your needs better than you do. So here it says, but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, each one of them. Not only, hey, um, I hope that the pastor has been called to this position. No, that each one of them, whatever you are called to do is important, and he's the one who arranges those things. But as it is, God arranged members in the body, each one of them, as he chooses. As he chooses. If, again, all were a single member, where would the body be? There has to be a togetherness. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. One of the things that uh, we love to watch, or at least many Americans, is uh, athletes. Because when we watch what they can do, when they are performing at peak capacity, it's amazing. We've also seen the results of a body that barely moves. I made a declaration to my wife this morning, and I said, that's it, going back to working out, because I've been slacking. And one, we all want to kind of look the best that we could look for wherever we are as we fall apart, but it goes beyond that. When our parts aren't moving, they start to hurt when we try to move them. They don't function at their highest capacity. Uh, we, I know when I have to start doing exercise when I'm bending over to tie my shoe and I'm cutting off my lung capacity. So, so, so I have to go over to some steps and I have to put my foot up on the step to be able to tie my shoe. And my wife does not play you walking around with shoes in the house. So she's like, where are you going? I'm like, I got to tie my shoe. <laughs> Imagine if that's our physical body. God putting all the body parts together has called it to work at peak capacity for his will to be done. Further along in that chapter, in chapter 12, verse 25, it says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Not only is it not good for people to be a part of something and not function, sometimes we have people that even cause division. Antibodies identify 
and neutralize foreign objects in our bodies like viruses. But sometimes antibodies can go rogue and they can fight against the body. And that is not good. Where they speak negatively about the bride of Christ, or they have the wrong attitude, or even some work being so-called part of the church or in the church to bring the church down. And that's, that's like gangrene setting in. And, and once gangrene sets in, there's one thing to do is cut it off. Right? It, it, it cannot uh, be repaired. Um, and we have to be careful with that. There are so many factors that go into a healthy body. One of those factors is what you eat. What you eat and what you do. You cannot function um, as an ear or an eye in more than one local body. We call that double dipping. I remember being a part of another church, and my friend Bob here has been in this church forever, and he used to say, come and visit our church um, one day. I want you to hear Pastor Angelo. I'm like, I'm good. We are here, and this is where we are called to be, and I'm not going um, any place else. There's a reason for that. And it is not because the church that I was in was so perfect that every single one of my needs were met. Because even if that church was perfect, once I got there with my crew, it wasn't perfect anymore. No church is perfect. But if you are called to be in a specific place, just like your call to your family, like, like you woke up one day and either you woke up in a palace or in a pile of mess, that's your family. Like it or lump it. That's where you're born, that's where you're going to be raised, that's what's going to be the deal. If you're in a place and the word of God is being preached and the spirit of God is moving because the truth of the word of God is being preached and God has called you to that place. Take your consumer mentality and throw it away. Like, like you better do that. You, you know what that looks like? That looks like uh, someone being married, uh, but they say, you know, once in a while I got to go over there and visit her because um, she makes me laugh. And uh, sometimes I got to go over here because I like how she looks. And sometimes I got to, you know, slide off over here uh, because I like what they say and it makes me feel good. And, and, and I feel like I I've, I've have some value when I'm with that person. We, when we hear that, we're like, that is total dysfunction. But people are willing to do that with their Spiritual health? Listen, you're not a glass eye that can be popped in and out of the head. 
First off, a glass eye can't see. It, the only thing a glass eye does, it, it, it adds to uh, the appearance of aesthetics, right? Until a further inspection, you realize it doesn't even move. It, it does not add to the function in any way whatsoever. But a, a true eye is fixed and tied to the body uh, by blood vessels by arteries, by nerves, by veins. And it supplies the whole with one of the senses that is essential for overall health, for overall function, and for overall well-being of the body. Not only are you hurting the whole when you do things like that, but you're hurting yourself. The, the minute that you say, like, I don't need this. It's a problem. When a member of the body becomes independent, if it gets severed, if your hand gets severed, two things are going to happen. One, that hand is going to die. And two, that body is going to bleed. It's going to bleed, and even if it functions, it's going to function with a handicap. The Christian life, when it comes to the relationship to the church, is about serving God. It is about serving others. It's about loving God. It's about loving others. It's about working in unity, and it's about working humbly. That, that's what it's about. There is coming a season in this church where we're going to start to have membership. Church membership is how we formally recognize and commit to one another as believers. These things are important for us to consider. If we are everywhere, we're actually nowhere. And if we're ingesting all kind of stuff, uh, that is not good for us and contradictory to one another. You're not doing yourself a favor nor anyone else. Verse 26 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Even in the smallest way. You have, how many teeth we have? Well, I, I lost some teeth. However many teeth we have. You got more than one, hopefully. Or you might not have none, right? You might have false teeth. I didn't think about that part. <laughs> but all of us have experienced at some point having a toothache. Such a small member. Something that we have more than one. When you have a toothache, the world stops. There's a lot of things that we could deal with. You have a toothache in the middle of the night. We're like, listen, I need my dentist to come and meet me at the office now. Such a small member. Something that we have more of. When one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. Remembering. Christ is the head of the church. 
Christ is the head of the body. In Ephesians 4, it says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning. So every wind of doctrine, hearing things that, hey, it's pleasing for me to hear by human cunning, right? Uh, people that are slick with their words, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's the goal. That, that the body would become mature. Colossians 1, verse 15 Starting at verse 15, he says, he is the invisible, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. The body is for him. So, so that whole consumer mentality, no, the question is like, God, where have you called me to be and what have you called me to do? Like, we need to make a determination in our heart and mind, and then we need to do that. Because that's where he's going to be able to, that's where he's going to bless you and have you be a blessing. That's where you're going to grow in these things and, and it is so important. It goes on to say, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's why we need not worry. In him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Key words here, beginning, head, firstborn, all speaking about Christ. And firstborn means before everything he is, not that he was born at some time. Him being preeminent surpassing all others. He is first. He is of first important. He is the one to be honored. He is the one to be exalted. Where does the body receive its life? We, we, we heard that story about Frankenstein, but in Genesis it tells us that, Lord, that the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. But after he formed him from the dust of the ground, the man was just laying there. His animation came from God breathing life into his nostrils. And he just didn't become alive. He was placed somewhere to do something. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. 
That's for you and I, family. Christ being the head of the body. The church is to look to mature. It's maturity that balances the unity in diversity. It is as we mature that our different ways of being, experiences, colors, different educational backgrounds, different places in the world, different personalities, all of that coming together, that diversity is united as we mature. The, the tension in, in the body between individual members and the total organism can only be solved by maturity, and maturity produces love. All of this is a grace from God. The body needs different parts for it to live, for it to grow, for it to serve. The members promote unity as they discover their dependence on one another. See, when you think you don't need anybody, you'll always stay independent. But when you discover that no, we deeply need one another. It changes. The members cooperate with each other, even compensate for each other when a crisis occurs. That, that, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Th this diversity of members fulfills the will of God. That's God's holy will. And the, the role of different people in the church, whether it be a pastor, a deacon, whether it be a musician, whether it be an administrator, whether it be a tradesman, God is the one who gives all of those different things. You can come up, worship team. In all of that, God calls all of us to approach him humbly. See, see it is pride when we think about power, position, what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, how I'm being fed, how I'm not being fed. First off, church um, is to lay out this is the word of God. It's a place for us to come in community and for us to be able to praise the Lord together through song, uh, by the teaching of the word, for us to develop in relationship as a body to be accountable to one another, for us to function and go out and do things in the world as we've received our marching orders corporately. But the church had better not be your only source of you growing spiritually. We are to worship corporately. The hearing of God's word is a form of worship. Giving is a form of worship, whether it's monetary giving or giving in the collective of us doing things as God has given us gifts to the body. Singing songs is a form of worship, and all of those things are necessary. But God's also an individual God. It, it, is, it is for us to open the word and study. It is for us to come to him in prayer. It is for you to have your hands raised or however you choose to worship when you're singing in your house. Like we, we blast music in our house just singing the praises of God. 
That, that is what we're called to do. So it's not solely on the church where you say, well, you know, like I'm not growing. If the word is being preached, if you're in a loving place, if community is there, if there's ways for you to be a part of, then you should be. It says in Romans verse 12, Romans 12 starting at verse 3, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. We didn't earn these gifts. According to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion with our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Christ is the head of the church, and he loves the church, and he keeps her, and he protects her, and he guides her, and he nurtures her, and he leads her. Not only the local church, but the church universal. Even in, in missions, we uh, picked up new missionaries, uh, Reach India International is a school for underprivileged children. Um, and, and what happens there is because uh, those children go there, it opens up a door to witness to the families. It is so important. If you treat my daughter nice, it's more important than you treating me nice. So, so what, what happens is because those children come and are able to get educated, now they have access to the family and to the parents because you can't just go and proselytize in certain places. So it's an avenue for that, and we're looking forward to what God is going to do um, in that. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And we repent, Lord, when we fight for independence when we've been a rogue antibody, Lord, when we're taking and not giving, Lord, when we speak ill of God's bride, Lord, murmuring and complaining, Lord. Father, we appeal to you for the health of the church, that you would teach us to be dependent on the whole, that we be, would be submissive, Father, to your headship in the church and those that you've placed as shepherds and stewards of your work, God. Give us a love for the bride the way that you love the church, Lord, for our local church and for the church universal, Lord. 
we pray for the one Lord that is not part of a local body or even part of your body, that they are not your child as of yet, Lord, that they would know that through your physical body that you paid the price by pouring out and shedding your blood, the only remission of sins is the shedding of blood, and you were the spotless, perfect lamb that took their place and mine. That if they would put their trust in your finished work on the cross and repent of their sins, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord, and they would be your child, accepted into your household and part of your body, Lord. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing here. We thank you, Lord, that you will take care of every need, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you would bless your people as they come and go and the different missions and trajectories that are guided by you, Father, to be about your business, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. You are good, Lord. You are good, Lord. You are faithful, Lord. You love your bride, Lord. You died for us. Help us, Lord, to be about your business, Lord. Receiving and giving, Father. Loving and being loved, Lord. Dependent on the whole, Lord. Praying for your church, Lord. Taking advantage of all the different various gifts. We thank you for that, Lord. And that we would be diverse and at the same time united. We thank you, Lord, that we have such a confidence in the good work that you started, that you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen.